we got the Kent State game on in the studio in Fox Sports 1. And there's lights out at UCF. UCF's up 21-3 and lights are out. Reminds me of the Canton Hall of Fame game that the Browns played in and lights were out. It's like, why... Why do these major places to hold sporting events always have the lights go out the most important times? Like, don't they do dry runs of this? I know lighting is expensive, but don't they like, don't they light up the lights for a couple weeks ahead of this to figure it all out? I go by Progressive Field basically every night and the lights are on most nights and they're not just in the dark. Wild. Yeah. So, uh, Kent State, UCF, I guess they're going to have to figure that one out as they now play. Like, it's funny because they're trying to do, they're trying to do basically, it's garbage time. It's essentially what it is. It's 21 to 3 game, but they're doing garbage time conversation. And you can see like Nick Saban and Julian Edelman, and they're flashing all the great Kent State players of past as they try to figure out how to turn the lights on at UCF. It's just weird. All right. Let's go out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Lights will never go out at the shoe, uh, mainly because Brendan Gula keeps them powered. That's what I heard, at least. Brendan, how you doing today, buddy? <laughs> Boy, that's as good an intro as I've ever had. I, uh, I'm going to have to keep that one. I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I Hey, we're doing all right. I'm just sweating out a Kent State bed. That's all that's ever really going on with me. Uh, congratulations uh, publicly on your wedding, by the way. I know we talked on the phone, nice. but, uh, you know, last we talked previously, this we did not discuss this, by the way. Last on the air we had talked was I gave you one piece of advice for your wedding. And I said, uh, around like 10, 10 30, you know, like, like most people say be sober the entire time. My piece yep. of advice was to make sure that around 10, 10 30, you let the hair down. Be sober for the important parts, but then make sure you do get trashed enough where that, like, you're like, hey, I just, I, you know, people saw me have a good time and I had a good time. <laughs> did you, did you let the hair down at a certain point? I, uh, I probably didn't take it as far as you did, but I certainly. Oh, no, I didn't take it as far. Uh, I didn't take it far at all. That was the problem, Brendan. Oh, that was the problem. I remained okay. relatively stone cold sober the entire <laughs> night. And then I woke up the next day and I was like, that was dumb. Like, I should have got, I should have got tainted at like 10 o'clock. Uh, I, uh, I had an amazing time. Uh, I appreciate the, the nice words, man. It was. It was really cool to wake up that morning and be like, "Hey, this is this is going to be the best best day of my life." Like, all right, let's go do it. And uh, once you know it, that's exactly how it turned out. It was oh, pretty awesome. And true to great. form, I mean, just just so everybody knows that, like, I'm just going to be authentic. You know, this is what I am. Leave it or take it or leave it. Uh, you know, we go to church, we get married, we we take some pictures afterward, and what did we do? We went to the driving range, and I had Chipotle <laughs> catered at the driving range. So we're all eating burritos, you know, a couple hours before the reception starts, and uh, had a couple of golf clubs there and uh, hit balls in the driving range. I even got even got a little video of my beautiful bride hitting a seven iron on the driving range in her dress. Oh, that's so That was just awesome. Did you were you having a good day at the driving range? That was the real question. Yeah, I mean, it was great. It didn't matter. You know, I flushed a few seven irons and, it, you know, whatever. Okay, because it could go a bad way for me because if I'm having a bad day, that ruins the entire day. So, you know what I mean? Like, I, I could be like, oh, no. I mean, imagine developing shanks on the day of your wedding day, and then you're expected to do, like, your vows and everything, and you're like, I got the shanks. I can't think about anything else. Uh, yeah, that'd be a tough scene. But, uh, no, you, you got to step up to it with some confidence and let it rip. It's funny. Just the other day, I was uh, I was you know hitting hitting golf balls in my garage, and then I go inside, and and uh, my wife's like, 
She's like, oh, I just want to, you know, want to hang out for an hour or so, and we'll talk and, you know, just have convos. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Sounds good. And, and then she just sees me just staring off into the abyss, and she's like, oh, man, you had a rough time outside in the garage, didn't you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, 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 I did. Yeah, you can tell I'm only thinking about that and not watching anything that's on the TV right now, and I'm not going to be happy until this gets resolved. Oh, that is funny. I guess when you have a kid, your golf game goes down the toilet, huh? Oh, big time, man. Big time, uh, big well, time. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what that's like, and uh, I hope I never hope I never have to deal with the golf challenge part of that. Looking forward to hopefully having a family at some point, and uh, it is it is my goal to incorporate having kids and playing golf. I'm I'm determined. Oh, my kid's getting a, a scholarship to Stanford. That's I don't oh, know if you're aware of this or not yet. I think yeah. Ken would say something like, "Congratulations on all of you." Yeah, success. yeah, we got her. We got her lined up for the Stanford <laughs> golf team. It's gonna be it's gonna be a nice ride. Very I love nice it. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Gould joining us here at 92.3 The Fan. Kyle McCord, Devin Brown. You always have to be thinking about, can this guy beat Michigan? Can Kyle McCord beat Michigan? I think so. Um, it, frankly, I think they both can. Um, now, I'm, I'm not going to like... <laughs> at this point last year, I, I said several times on our show, like I thought Ohio State was going to win the national championship. I felt all year long they had the guys to do it, and you know, they damn near did. It just just barely didn't happen. Um, I think Ohio State absolutely has the pieces to do it, but, I, you know, you, you can't feel any level of confidence um, that, that, you know, you realistically think, okay, we're going to do this until you start seeing what quarterback play looks like. Um, I've said several times, I think Kyle McCord is an NFL quarterback. I'm not saying he's a first-round draft pick. I don't know that the kid's going to be a star, but Kyle McCord is a professional quarterback for sure. He is. He's Brian Hoyer. He's the kind of kid that can be in the league for a long time. He's intelligent. He's got a great arm. He does all the right things. He studies the right way. His teammates love him. Um, I, I truly believe Kyle McCord can play NFL football. Now, does that mean that he's going to be C.J. Stroud or Justin Fields by the time the next couple of years are over? I have no idea. Um, but I, I think he is certainly good enough to be that guy. It's just you got to go out and be consistent. And the good news for him is, you know, he's got an embarrassment of riches everywhere he looks at skill positions. So as long as the offensive line, which granted has three new starters, uh, as long as they, you know, give him time to read the field or Devin Brown for that matter. Um, either one of these guys are going to find success. I mean, you can't cover Marvin Harrison for longer than two seconds. So as long as he's got time to make a decision, they're going to be fine. Yeah, you know, it's a great point. I, I, I kept thinking about that with McCord as well, like the idea that he, because he's got such good wide receivers, he's got such good weapons all around him, it's going to be pretty hard for him to just to fall flat on his face. Yeah, he's not going to. He, he's going to be fine. Um, how do you evaluate I, I that then, you know? Well, and, and I, I think you evaluate it in some way, like it's it's rhythm and flow of the offense. I mean, are your drives stalling or are they ending in scores, right? Uh, you know, th- those kinds of things. It's it, Ryan Day said, look, I'm, I'm not going to pull a guy, whether it's Devin or Kyle, not going to pull him just because of some incomplete passes or interceptions. Like, you know, we need to kind of work our way through this thing. Um, I mean, Kyle McCord was a five-star quarterback in high school. I mean, mm-hmm. he came in with all the hype because he's got all the tools. Um, and he's gone about his business the right way. He never complained when CJ got the job. He kept his 
kept his nose down. He didn't transfer. Like, he's done all the right things here. So, you know, he's been a little more consistent than Devin's been, and he's earned the opportunity to get the first crack. And now you got to just be ready to go and go execute and trust that, you know, when you're in practice every day, you're going up against a defense that's also really good. And are they the best defense in the country? I don't know. But they sure have a whole bunch of guys that are really talented. Um, you're not going to see too many other teams that are going to be, you know, way better than that. And look, if we're being realistic about it here, like, yes, they're opening against Indiana. It is a Big Ten team, and, and so there are some guys on that roster that are, are decent football players. But Indiana, after three and four years ago, having some serious, like, you know, success, the last two years they've stunk. They've won two games combined in conference the last two years. Uh, and their defense has been atrocious. Last year, Indiana gave up one of the worst passer ratings imaginable um, <laughs> over the course of the season. A perfect passer ratings, 153.8. And on the year, opposing quarterbacks had a 152.4 passer rating against Indiana. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I sort of expect that even if they've made some changes there, that it's not like all of a sudden it's going to be like genies out of the bottle and, you know, this is the best defense you've ever seen. Then you're playing Youngstown State and Western Kentucky. So you're going to get, you know, a couple of weeks here to get your feet underneath you before you go play a Notre Dame team that you need to look good against. If I were, and again, you know, take it for whatever it's worth, but if a, if a random sports radio host that maybe you know, maybe you don't know, was uh, thinking about throwing some shekels <laughs> down on Marvin Harrison Jr. for the Heisman, is that a is that a bad bet at 20-1, to 1 or is that a, a nice bet to make? I like some value there. I don't think that's too shabby. I mean, he's going to pass the eye test. Um you know, he's he's always going to look the part. I think the, you know, part of the whole Heisman thing is like how, first of all, how good do you have to be to be a non-quarterback to win that award anymore? And you kind of have to have the stats to back it up. Um, I I haven't looked at the odds. I'll tell you, I think it's probably a bit more likely that we see Caleb Williams win the Heisman this year than anybody else, in my opinion. But if it's not Caleb Williams, I think Marvin Harrison unquestionably is right there. You, you know, the, the Heisman Trophy doesn't go to the the best player always in college football. It usually goes to the guy who has, you know, performed well, who's got the stats to show it. But like, you know, how do you evaluate whether? Caleb Williams throws for 3,000 yards in, you know, the, the first couple months of the season. And, uh, Marvin Harrison has, I don't know, let's say he has a, a monster stretch where he's at a thousand yards through eight games and he's got 10 touchdowns. Like, how do you decide who's better? I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is, he's, he was made in the lab. He's a freak. Like, he's an absolute bona fide top five pick in the draft right now today. Um, I I would absolutely, if I were uh, a radio host that I may or may not know that wants to throw a few shekels down, uh, I don't give solicited advice on such things, but if I did, I might be interested. I'm just thinking, like, Caleb Williams, it is really hard for him to win back-to-back. I think we all understand that, right? And then if you're going off the Devontae Smith profile that won it a couple years ago, a lot of people made the argument that he propped up Mac Jones in that, but he had 1,500 receiving yards, 17 touchdowns, close to 100 receptions. I don't know. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. can do that. Oh, yeah. It, well, I mean, he's, he is certainly capable of that. But, again, like, I, I'm not trying to argue both sides of the coin here, but some of that is going to come down to, okay, does your quarterback play? Is it is it good enough to allow him to put up those kinds of stats? Because 
he'll get the targets. Like, <laughs> I don't care what quarterback it is in America. If you're playing for the Buckeyes and you step back in the pocket, your first thought is, all right, where's Marv? Like, let me find him. Because if I throw within, you know, five yards of him, he's probably going to somehow come up with the ball. Uh, so as long as Kyle and Devin get a chance to make throws, they can stay on their feet. Um, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is a star. I, you know, I don't expect that we're going to see super gaudy numbers from Emeka Buka, but if you're just a Buckeye fan and you're looking to like watch some high-end talent, uh, a is not going to get quite the same love that you'll see from Marvin, but Emeka is a human highlight reel. I mean, he is unbelievable. So it's uh, it's an embarrassment of riches. And you're going to see Carnell Tate. He's a true freshman wide receiver. Uh, he's going to play, and he's going to play a good chunk of time throughout the course of the year because he's earned it. That's what the coaching staff said. He is an extremely highly touted freshman wide receiver and just seems to be the next in line of these guys that are uh, just getting turned out like crazy with uh, with what Coach Hartline's doing. Brendan, we had uh, Pete Futek on College Football News earlier today uh, on Afternoon Drive with Nick, and, and Nick asked him, what was the what would be a failure for the Buckeyes? He said anything short of a national title is a failure for the Buckeyes. Do you believe in that? Uh, you know, probably, but I, I would say that like if they win a national championship but lose to Michigan, that's gonna feel like a failure because it's it's you know, in that scenario it's three straight losses. <laughs> um you know, wow. I, I I didn't know I, there was a way to up that ante to that answer, but you did it. That was impressive. I, I mean there is an element in in this fan base where, like you, you want to win the national championship, right? I mean that's that's the goal, but you can't lose that game. You just can't. It's a way of life, and it's and frankly, it is that way because they put that pressure on themselves, right? It's not like college football fans and other fan bases are like, oh, see Ohio State, you lost to Michigan, you must not be very good, like. The Buckeyes make it exceptionally clear that their number one goal in order starts with beat the team up north. They, they not only don't shy away from it, they lean into it publicly. And so you create this, you know, th- this aura around the game, which is so much fun as a fan. But, man, there's a lot of things that can happen in, in a game. And when you lose that game, it sucks. When you lose it two years in a row, it sucks. And by the way, when you, you kind of get punched in the mouth back-to-back years, like that's really hard to swallow. And, you know, I'm, I'm not here to, like, put Ryan Day on the hot seat. I like Ryan Day a lot. I hope he coaches in Columbus a long time. Um, truthfully, one of my favorite coaches I have ever covered. Um, losing three years in a row to Michigan will not sit well. I'm not saying it's going to cost him his job for sure. I can promise you it's not going to sit well down there. So even if they win the national championship, I I think honestly because of the expectations they put on themselves, if you don't beat Michigan, you could consider the season a failure no matter how many other games you win. Fantastic insight as always. Brendan, tell people where they can find you with the latest Buckeye coverage. Yeah, we got a ton of stuff going on. Buckeyesnow.com. So it's the, uh, it's the Fan Nation Network uh, channel on the Sports Illustrated Network. Um, so BuckeyesNow.com we're on all the social media platforms at BuckeyesNow underscore FN for Fan Nation uh, and we do a live stream every morning um, seven days a week 7am on our YouTube channel and then we'll post the audio afterward any, anywhere you like to find your favorite podcast it's called Buckeye Breakdown and 
we look at the team from a lot of different angles, have a chance to talk to coaches and players, and so we we share plenty of that info. And um, you know, last couple of days have given pretty detailed scouting reports on what to expect with Indiana and. We'll be on site for every game this year. So Buckeye Breakdown Podcast and uh, BuckeyesNow.com. Fantastic. Seven days a week. I love the grind. Love the grind. 7 a.m., baby. Come on up with us. That's early. I'll do it. All right. Thank you, Brendan. I appreciate you as always. (laughs) Take care, man. Sounds good. Hey, put a shekel or two for me, huh? Yeah. Don't worry. I I sprinkled it in. You got a little cut coming your way. No worries. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Brendan. Have a good one. Brendan Gulick right there on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. We'll talk about that. 216-474-0092. Woo! I thought Pete was going to get as hot as it got today when it came to the expectations for the Buckeyes this year. Brendan found a way to high. He anteed it up. He got it higher. You could win the national title but lose to Michigan, and you'd still find the year as a failure? It's incredible to me. We'll talk about that and also the latest within that quarterback situation. Your phone calls and more. 216-474-0092. It's overtime with Jonathan Beadle. here with you on the fan.